Hello and welcome to the Data Busters podcast, the podcast for all things school data. Welcome to Sats Week, when primary schools up and down the land give their oldest pupils the chance to... Oh no, hang on, that's not quite right now, is it? The planning grid for that one got ripped up a long time ago, when schooling as we knew it ceased to exist, and we were all urged to stay home, protect the NHS, and save lives. The GCSE and A-level season due to start this week has also gone for a burton and instead of worrying about exams, the school sector is trying to make sense of the advice being issued by central government. With England schools being asked to make plans for the gradual return of pupils following the initial phase of the response to the COVID-19 pandemic, we're here to discuss what all this second stage means for schools and to look at the information schools are going to need to make sense of the situation. I'm Richard Selfridge, author of Data Busting for Schools, and joining me as always is Jamie Pembroke, data buster extraordinaire, insight facilitator, and all-round data guru. So, Jamie, how are you? I'm lost, mate. Are you lost? <laughs> I'm lost. <laughs> You're probably um, not the only one, are you? Exactly, you know, just uh, again, yeah, yeah, given where I, we are at the moment. Who knows, um, what day is it? Which week is it? Do you have any idea? See, I've known the day, the day, at least the day of the week for some time, but the date, that took a while to get my head back round to that. Now I'm back on board. I know what date mad. it is. I, know I heard that Donald Trump's the President of the United States. Well, apparently, yeah, exactly. Idiot in chief and so on. Exactly. Toddler yeah. in charge. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, then I heard, and then I heard that they closed schools. And then I heard they didn't close schools. And then I hope, heard that they're reopening schools, but the schools Except aren't closed. Except they're not closed. <laughs> exactly. What's going on, Richard? Explain it to me. I know. It's just the most extraordinary time. Again, I think, you know, in our last podcast, which is, I mean, it feels like years ago now, the last time we, uh, we'd recorded. But, you know, just at, at that point, you were thinking, OK, so they've told us we've got to close schools and, you know, things are going to change and we're going to lock down. Um, but then it's, it's just been one thing after another. I know that, uh, you know, I have to say, speaking to people in schools and working with um, various schools, it's extraordinary just how much has actually happened you know, in the last eight weeks or so. Yeah. Uh, as people got used to a new way of working, I think particularly because we've had Easter in the way as well, there was that sort of two weeks before Easter where we were all just trying to find, you know, some way to get through. Yeah. It's been a bit clearer since Easter, certainly in terms of, you know, the, the, the way which people have been able to support children yeah. uh, has changed. And you look at, you know, the, the immense efforts that went into um, Oak National Academy, yeah. into Bite Size, yeah. uh, White Rose Maths have done loads of things um, to support all of the stuff which they do. Loads of primary schools use White Rose Maths. Yeah. So all of that has happened very, very quickly. Yeah. You know, um, but the whole landscape's changed. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, schools are doing the best they can to support children. Uh, and I mean, I know from my own personal experience, you know, my daughter's working away and, and, and my wife is a, a maths teacher, is, is working hard, supporting children, planning and marking and what have you and making little videos as well. Um, you know, interesting talking to a teacher quite recently about like, uh, like how much work. Uh, children are doing and whether all children are accessing work and she said no you know it's obviously it's really variable and they and you can't really control that you can do whatever you can but uh there are lots of children out there that are either struggling to access or maybe not being supported properly which obviously is mm. is a problem this is not uh this is not an equal issue isn't it you know no and it's been as ever you know 
We're data type people. We want information and want some numbers for these things. And it's been good to see the teacher tapper, which has been fantastic. Yeah, generally, yeah. all the way through, you know, they've been asking questions to say, and it, it's impressionistic. You know, what do you think is happening? But but again, looking at that, it would appear that we've got this situation, which I think broadly, most of us in education now know. Some people are very engaged. Some people are less so. Um, independent schools have clearly gone to um, to an online teaching method. Um, uh, yeah. But then they're charging money, so they've got to provide something for what yeah. they're doing. Whereas in the state sector, some schools are providing lessons, but others aren't. Um, yeah. Others are using, I say, other um, uh, things which are available to them. But, uh, you know, as we keep saying, in a, in a very fragmented system, it's even more fragmented now. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And I, I think the main concerns, just saying there, is the, is the is whether the gap between... The, the the attainment gap between sort of the 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 two ends of the socioeconomic spectrum whether that is is widening sure. in this time whether it's going to be widening significantly and I think there is you know a fear that that is the case that there are children who are sat home and they're working away and they're doing all the work that's being set and they're reading a lot and they're doing their maths tests and they're doing all that sort of thing mm. whereas there are uh, yeah possibly as I say talking to a teacher the other day who works in in a in quite a um, a deprived area uh, yeah that that's that's the case that yeah. there are lots of children who aren't doing mm. those things yes and mm. and that is why we now are in, you know obviously in this situation where you know people are desperate to maybe get schools open again <laughs> mm. they are open <laughs> yeah, exactly. um, yeah. they are open uh, but it's the reasons the various reasons for wanting to get, you know, children back into school, mm. that's that's the concern and what's driving that mm. um, and whether people are being whether certain sort of elements of the media are being slightly disingenuous with their their reasons for wanting to get vulnerable children back into school, getting everyone back into school. Mm. Um, is this about uh, their learning? Is this yeah. about attainment gaps? Is it? about children falling behind the economist um, was the economist was completely up front about two weeks ago where they basically said yeah. we need to have children back in primary schools because their parents need to earn money the economy yeah. needs to work yeah. so they were yeah. you know yeah. the economists were absolutely brutal about yeah. it and, and, then, and, you know, and i, I was you know i don't yeah that, that that's worrying and i don't necessarily agree with it but mm. it, at least they're honest yeah um whereas i think there's quite a lot of people out there that are uh, are, are using this kind of issue of attainment gaps and the most vulnerable falling behind, mm. um, you know, as their their sort of reasoning to to uh, bolster their argument for reopening schools, yeah. getting children back in. It's really yeah. it's about money. But I think, but again, I think, but it's undeniable that, that different sections of the of uh, the community can access schooling differently. Um, yeah. Certainly, because you know one of the many strings of um, some tutoring. Um, uh, uh, of children in primary and uh, some secondary as well but in uh, over the course of the shutdown I've had lots of people contact me saying can you do some work to support my child so I've because I've got the time to do it so I have done and again that's very interesting because some children you know they, they, they some of the people I'm working with don't have access to printers they uh, they have very limited access to um, to technology um, the yeah. technology has been shared around the house, so children don't yeah. have access to things. And all those things that you know, yeah. on the other hand, yeah. other children I've got are are a bit bored by the curriculum they're being offered because they're on top yeah, of that. Of so they need stretch. Yeah. And they need... So again, you're looking at those things. So I think, and again, you know, from what we know of schooling, 
um, you know, that one of the main things we know about school is the biggest difference to anybody's life chances are whether you go to school or not, whether yeah, you get yeah, yeah. effective yeah. education. Yeah. Um, yeah. So therefore, you know, if you're not, if you're not in a position to access it. So I do think, yeah. you know, again, certainly as a teacher, I want to get back into school. Yeah, well, and it's, I, and it's, we all want to, that, that's, all that's want what teachers want. Teachers yeah, we all want them back in. Yeah. Um, that's what's been so frustrating is that yeah. teachers want to uh, get back into schools. Teachers want to go back to work. I mean, uh, if the, the best thing mm. I've read on this is, is mm. that, that, that really illustrates this so beautifully was Adam Boxer's um, blog post, yeah. which I don't know if you've, you've read. Yeah, absolutely I excellent. Very good. He's we'll link it in the show notes. Really clear. Mm. Um, uh, beautifully written. And, and you think w- when you see these, uh, these, these, well, they're essentially trolls. Um, mm. on, on Twitter, on social media, um, a- accusing teachers of being uh, lazy and and uh, um, just basically sitting up, sitting at home. Yeah. Uh, well, he said drinking martinis. Yeah. Um, and just taking the money and mm. uh, enjoying the holiday. And and this this is what's really worrying that we've gone from. The, the whole kind of discussion around education has completely changed. And, and now teachers are being portrayed in some aspects, in some uh, parts of the media mm-hmm. as being lazy and cowardly. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it's, yeah. it's. And there are a number of reasons really... for that. You know, some of the union responses have been interesting. You know, a couple of the unions have a tendency to be, you know, they're, they're not of, often um, they don't help themselves at times, but equally, you know, it's been interesting to compare and contrast the um, the attitude towards the NHS and a lot of people in the NHS who've been complaining bitterly about the situation and and about um, you know what the planning and preparation and, and the support they've been given. Um, but again, you know, the residual support for the NHS has been pretty strong. Um, whereas schools, I think, Absolutely. yeah, and th- th- you can see that they're changing their messaging. But it has been fascinating this week, particularly to see um, some, as you say, some aspects of the commentary. Well, so the Daily Mail the today, wasn't it? That te- <laughs> it's time for teachers to step up and be heroes. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And there's all those but things. things that, yeah. te- schools are open. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ch- that teachers are dealing with. And in some schools, there aren't that many children in. Yeah. In some schools, there are a lot more. They are dealing with the most vulnerable children mm-hmm. and the children of key workers. They are open. So there is this myth about schools being closed and they're not. Yeah. Um, uh, so and teachers. Yeah. Uh, want to get back to work but they want to get back to work safely and that's the problem so you've got on one hand you've got people saying that they don't want to go back to work and they're quite enjoying their extended holiday which is basically Mm. nonsense it's going to use another word then (laughs) um and then you've got teachers that are saying and you're right there's there are the uh, there are the discussions between government and unions what have you there are teachers saying we want to go back to work but we want to go back to work safely Mm. uh is that is, is, is that sort of too much to ask yeah. that we go back to work safely and teachers are saying, mm. obviously mm. they do not want to and i think there were some pictures were they from france yeah of right. teachers uh, and you think god is that real mm. uh of teachers wearing protective equipment yeah There's i'll share those as well it was a useful masks. thing mm. wearing a visor yeah. um a complete um perspex mask and uh then the children were sat in little squares painted on them and you think i i in the playground, exactly. everything mm. now, i think is that real yeah. is that real but if that's real that's the most depressing picture <laughs> i've ever seen in my life exactly yeah. these little tiny children just sat in squares painted on the ground no one was no parent no. would want that it was reminiscent to uh, there was a great photograph from the states of 
but a fascinating photograph of um, of homeless people in in the southern state somewhere, and they basically marked out places on a on a car park in a supermarket in a mall, and basically yeah. said you have to sleep in this area. And you're looking at six year olds who've effectively been put. Um, but I think all of these things, yeah. you know, it's yeah, it's just a difficult situation where we're all trying to find um, some way yeah. through and say, well, how can we make it safe moving back? And I think you know, it's... so this, that's it, the safety thing. So oh. they so then mm. guidance is issued. We mm. want to open schools or start to reopen schools in a phased mm. way from the first of June. Yeah. So here is some guidance. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, hang on. Here's some more guidance. Well, no, I... wait a minute. Forget that guidance. Here's some more now. And some. I subscribe to yeah. those DFE email notifications. And usually the ones yeah. I get are just a whole bunch of data related stuff. And mm. now on not on a daily basis, almost on an hourly basis, these things yeah. are going bing, bing, bing. Sometimes it's just the same link to the same thing. Yeah. But of course, we know that the guidance, you know, they are written in issuing updated guidance all the time. And it's doing um, well. I, a head teacher I spoke to yesterday uh, said that head teachers in the county are broken by yeah. this they are beaten they're battered and they're broken by this because they are they're trying to plan and they're trying to put um you know strategies in place and go how are we going to cope with this what are we going to do how are we going to socially how are we going to distance children mm. and 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 how are we going to mark out zones and corridors and all that and our corridors aren't two meters wide so how the hell yeah. are we got to put in one-way systems or whatever mm. And then they go and you know change the guidance again. Well, exactly because we had the you know we had the uh, the joy of uh, Boris Johnson turning up on uh, TVs on a Sunday. It was strange, interesting mm-hmm. West Wingization of politics. Um, so we'd had the whole stay <laughs> alert, control the virus, save lives of the first sort of eight. Stay weeks, alert, the first look days. out for it. Yeah. Watch, th- there's virus there. Exactly, there it is. Stay, stay away from the virus. Yeah, and so we're being told to stay alert, control the virus, and save lives, and then and saying you know primary schools would be open from the first of June. Uh, with priority being given to reception year one and year six. And again, that was on Sunday, at which point we were all uh, okay, because there'd been lots of speculation about which years they were going to look at and so on. Um, And Mm. I mean, the briefing had been clear that it was going to be those years. And I think we're all still looking at that because there has been some guidance since then, but to, um, to suggest why, but I don't know. What do you? What did you make of the whole kind of it, let's let's move on to the next stage. Uh, let's get ready. Um, see what we I'm got still trying here. to get my head around why. What's why reception mm. in year one? Yeah. So they've argued within. Oh, the... So I get year six, but mm. uh, don't. I mean, often. Now, okay. This is an assumption. Yeah. Okay. I have Kevin, <laughs> but uh, but reception children often have a parent at home yeah or working part-time maybe i I just is that the best and and they're the hardest children to socially distance Mm. so i'm just trying to get me well they they argued in the documents they released the documents so boris turns up on the sunday johnson does it on the sunday and then on the on the tuesday um so tuesday this week we, we had um the first set of guidance and in, that's the 12th on the 12th yeah um, so, the 12th. and yeah. that said um the the three years uh, they said that they were key transition years um because oh, reception sure. year one at the very beginning of their school career and they're mastering the essential basics blah 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 um and they knew that uh, they said that year six they're finishing key stage two and they're preparing for the transition to secondary school and they'd benefit from time with their friends and teachers to ensure they're ready so that's what yeah. they'd said but you're still looking at it thinking okay so you're going to try and get the five-year-olds who aren't in statutory education anyway and the That's six-year-olds, right. <laughs> uh, and uh, and those turning six, and and then the eleven-year-olds. Again, you've got to start somewhere, I guess. But uh, I'm uh, I'm not entirely convinced that, and certainly the 
people I've spoken to in schools um, are also of the view of, okay, well, we've got to start somewhere. Let's start there. You know? Yeah, yeah. And, and nurseries as well, and early years providers, yeah. including childminders. Yeah, exactly. As well. But I think one of the biggest difficulties is, is that, again, it's kind of been, it's sort of this dynamic messaging. So you get Boris Johnson, he says something on the Sunday and says, you know, well, things will happen tomorrow. And then that turned out to be Wednesday. But for schools, we got guidance on Tuesday. And then, uh, so the Tuesday, basically, they said um, uh, the government anticipated with a bit of further progress that we may be able, from the week commencing the 1st of June, to welcome back more children to early years for education yes. settings so this was just yes. about england and obviously there was a bit of an issue there because it's yep. not the same in the other yep. three home nations yep. and then Absolutely. on thursday um there was this guidance that was that was issued that was called school guidance but it was actually primary school and that was um and again i'm quoting from it a step-by-step -step guide for those responsible for mainstream primary schools to prepare for extending that opening to include all pupils in reception year one and year six from the week commencing first of june alongside priority groups all children and the children of critical workers and eligible children should be offered a full-time place but then that was yeah. followed up and this is the confusion of the situation. It's neatly summed up by this because this follows up this should. So eligible children should be offered a full time place. Um, they immediately said should. schools are not required to use this guide and they may choose to follow alternative approaches. Uh, yes. And, you know, yeah. Um, so yeah. so schools that so the conversation I was having yesterday, you've got a school, a teacher who's head teacher who's tearing her hair out mm. because she's gone to great lengths to um, put all these sort of provisions in place mm. and then feeling like the rug's been pulled out from under her feet she's got to start again mm. um and then governors are saying you know having looked at the guidance you know, do is that just advisory yeah. do we need to start yeah. again and can't you just stick to the original yeah. plan mm. um mm. Because it's not a legal framework. No, it? exactly. It's, it's guidance, isn't it? Is that, yeah, and it's, so one of the because uh, I'm working with a Matt on a data strategy, and we've been trying to plan in various bits to um, to do things. And I'd given them some time to get you know get over this first phase, but I got back in touch with them beginning of May, and we began to you know to map out a timetable for when we we do some work on all of this. Um, and then this week, boom, you know, it's like oh, actually we can't really do anything now until maybe go for the second week of June because maybe by then things will be calm well calmer but I fully expect that there'll be more that goes on but I think all of this is I say it, it doesn't seem unusual um my other half works in the NHS um and uh, again just the sheer amount of uh, of dynamic change that they've had to um has been it's mirrored in what's happening in schools so I think all we can really do is say that you know schools are, are making plans and then changing advice um and sending it out to us and we just have to take it into into take it into account and, and let, but unless it says that you must do something it is just advisory yeah mm. yeah, yeah i think one of the things mm. i found most disturbing about this and it's certainly something we, we've we've seen on on twitter is just the escalation of teacher bashing that's mm. that's gone on recently mm. and the perpetuating of myths around you know that, that children don't spread covid so it's fine. yeah yeah children mm. don't so if if children don't mm. spread it then why have the government released mm. you know these very long documents about the use of personal protective mm. equipment in dealing with children even done things like i mean you, you were talking about this yeah. earlier weren't we children that speak yes exactly yeah yeah <laughs> um, so they've come very uh, and, specific and, exactly. and, mm. 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 yeah so um 
if, if a child, young person or other learner becomes unwell with symptoms of coronavirus while in their setting and needs direct personal care until they can return mm. home, a fluid resistant surgical mask should be yeah. worn. Should. Uh, be worn by the supervising adult if a distance of two metres cannot be yep. maintained. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. And they yeah. said it because with so, they've said we know that unlike older children and adults, early years and primary age children cannot be expected to be to remain two meters apart. That's right. They can't, yeah. So they so they know that they recognise that, and they've said you know but you know and they've tried to um, to recommend that we do things and yeah, to a certain extent uh, I think they're a bit damned because I think the decision was let's you know we need to return to some kind of normality within the the, the restricted circumstances in which we find ourselves, but um, and yeah. one of those is clearly to have children back in schools. But then you read things about class sizes saying, you know, we, we, we suggest that you split a, you know, a typical um, class of 30 children into, into two classes of 15 pupils, one taught by the teacher, one taught by the TA or something else. At which point you're like, yeah, OK, but every school that I work in is pressed for space. I, in fact, I've worked in about three schools yeah. that have had more space than they need. Yeah, and I've worked absolutely. in lots and yeah. lots of schools. Yeah, Again, yeah. some do. And, yeah. and then they said, oh, you, maybe if you haven't got enough space, you could talk to another school and see if they've got some space. It's, which is just a... <laughs> uh, it, it reminds me of the um, of, of that episode right. of Porridge, uh, where having been uh, let off yeah. or whatever, been given amnesty. So, there's, uh, just one thing I want to yeah. know, Fletcher: what did you do with yeah. the uh, what did you do with the soil <laughs> from the tunnel? Yeah, and he said, "Oh, that's easy, sir. We dug another tunnel and put it down there." Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. it's as sensible exactly, isn't it? Oh. It's, so yeah. one of the other things we, we're talking about this um, earlier, but one of the things other things that um, confuses me is uh, the thing about critically extremely vulnerable mm-hmm. individuals and clinically invulnerable um, individuals. So there's a distinction yeah. made. If you're criti- clinically ex- um, <laughs> clinically, <laughs> get the words out, man. Clinically extremely vulnerable, then you should yeah. stay at home. Uh, whereas if you're clinically vulnerable, so minus the extremely um who are at higher risk of severe illness uh for example people with some pre-existing conditions etc etc um have been advised to take extra care in observing social distancing and should work from home where Mm. possible right so you you could work or you might have to work from home so it's a bit it's a bit vague that if you're extremely vulnerable stay at home if you're just vulnerable then Mm. you could work um, and then it says, if a member of staff lives with someone who is mm. clinically mm. vulnerable, right, including those who are pregnant, they yeah. can go to work. So if you are uh, vulnerable, then maybe, maybe mm. not stay at home. If you live with someone who's vulnerable, go to work. <laughs> um, what, what I can't find, and I'm sure I read it somewhere, what I can't find is, what about children? So if you're working, what about children who live with someone who is clinically right. vulnerable? Do they have to go to school? Should they go to school? Should they stay I'm at sure home? That it w- what happens if you're working with someone, a child who... What happens if you are working mm. with someone, working with a child who lives with someone that is clinically I vulnerable? I think it's that whole thing with all of these guidance. Again, my um, brother works in accountancy and talks about the different types of regulations you have. You can either have you can either have all the rules written down, which is what they try to do in the States, or you can have principles, which is what they try to do in, in Europe generally. Um, and the two systems are very, very different. You know, if you try and write down everything, all you do is just basically have a massively litigious um, system where people look for loopholes. But if you have the principles, yeah, yes, the principles, you basically, so this is the principle. We're not going to tell you exactly how that works in 
And again, I think this is a bit that way where they should probably be just working on principles rather than because if you to the nitty gritty, there's just too much. And you see that in a lot of these regulations. Again, yeah. I know school leaders talking to them, um, uh, to various people. There's just there's just massive amounts of repetition. I'm reminded of, uh, of yeah. I think it was Daniel Defoe's wrote um this letter is so long i didn't have time to make it shorter and you yeah. look at all these regulations that all those things that come out this week and you think yeah somebody has not had time to make these shorter there's too much there which again means yeah. that at the moment we're in this um mad situation where everybody is very very busy in school with a whole bunch of new stuff going on which again from a data busting point of view we're looking at things saying you know uh, what's going to happen when you get all these children back in school and you've got all these things to do and you're also then going to have to have some kind of you know, you're going to need to track what's happened, where children have come from, where they are now, and what you're going to do in the future. And I think, yeah. you yeah. know, as much as, uh, you know, so a lot of schools are, are thinking, actually, you know, maybe we don't need all of this stuff that we had before. It's this thing which we've been talking generally about data busting. Oh, yeah, you know, absolutely. I why mean, are we doing a, all this from stuff? From a narrow sort yeah. of data point of view, I'm hoping that it yeah. has, well, I'm hoping that it has a, a, there are a couple of outcomes mm. of this. Uh, one, that schools will reevaluate what they do or their assessment data processes and, and hopefully stream, uh, sort of streamline mm. that. Um, also, uh, the amount of meetings that go mm. on that are fairly pointless, you know, and uh, I, I, I travel around the country. I visit a lot mm. of schools and often I'm thinking, why am I traveling around mm. the country visiting a lot of schools? We could do this via yeah. Zoom. Um, other platforms are available, <laughs> you know, yeah. and we could do that. We, we do that instead. Now, historically, what's happened up to this point is that schools are very resistant they go no 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 they want a face-to-face mm. meeting and you're saying well it's mm. either it's free or yes. a fee it's so i will charge you if i have to drive to uh norwich or plymouth or yep. wherever um or we can and that takes hours or 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 we could just like mm. do it online uh, and it yeah. would be free and you go oh no 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 we want <laughs> you to come you go okay now if it's for a big group yeah. of people then i can kind of mm. understand that but if it's just like a couple of people, no, let's get around a screen. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. No, no, no. I, I hope, yeah. I think, because they obviously everyone's kind of getting mm. used to it all now, then, you know, that's, that's the direction. Of, yeah, um, I think so. Of travel that we that starts to be uh, more Well, acceptable. I think it's, you know, in lots of ways, you know, any crisis is it, it makes you reevaluate what you've been doing and, and why you've been doing it and, and how you might do things differently and i would hope that people will be reconsidering you know certainly over again it's a bit difficult this week but but generally over this time there are a number of people within schools who do have a little bit of capacity to do um some development some thought which isn't to suggest that people in schools are not doing anything but there are groups of people in schools who might have some capacity to develop um areas and again talking to various people in schools that's what they've tended to do to to, you know some teachers are having to work very hard to support their children other teachers um, might be able to do some strategic work or to development work and hopefully development of uh of uh attainment data of just general um use of information within schools that it will be something that we'll be able to focus on maybe not as i say at this current point at the beginning of may but by june july you'd hope that we'd be thinking about okay how do we actually how does this look when we come to september particularly for secondary schools who are who are going to have some children in but secondaries, you know, they're, yeah. they're fairly busy at the moment because they're having to do all the work on because um, they're having to submit uh, grades for uh, for their students. Yeah. I think that window closes yeah. middle of June, well, opens first of June. Um, shuts, so they've got to do all yeah. their rankings. And that's been fascinating. Um, yeah. Watching what's happened to secondaries. Um, but they're doing all that work 
thinking about um, how they manage yeah. things. But they've got options when, when they come back in fully in September. Again, they'll need to do some assessment of children and think about how they do that best. And they'll need to think about how they then yeah. um, support those children as move forward. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in terms of reopening mm. of secondary schools or, or uh, expanding yeah. the opening of secondary schools, because as I say, I yes. schools <laughs> are open. Yeah. Um, uh, we, we don't have mm. the, the guidance um, on that. And we've released the guidance on, on primary schools. And they've yeah. said in that guidance that they will uh, release more information for secondaries. Um, but yeah, on a data point of view, um, secondary schools I hear are getting in touch with this. This is uh, I, in some ways, I go, yes, this is really good. And in some ways, <laughs> no, um, they're getting in touch with primary schools, asking them for data. On Absolutely. This is a big issue. Test. The transition is, is a, a big, big issue. issue. A big... What do we do? So, Normally, well, we get bad results, which we don't believe. Yeah, we think I mean, that they're wrong we assume... because you know, that's by reputation. Yeah, yeah. So we, we do cat tests. Not all pri- secondary. Uh, or whatever they're called. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, anyway, um, so yeah. they do tests on entry um, and they do their own, their own assessments because they don't like mm-hmm. uh, SATS tests often. But so they have yeah, been they're having to think um, about this, aren't they? Yeah. Mm. Uh, they, yeah, yeah. So they've been asking some, some secondary schools have been asking for uh, uh, data from the primaries. And you think, uh, yes, this is to be encouraged. You know, if you ask second, if, if they if they were just happy with like a, a fairly mm-hmm. broad teacher assessment. Do you think they're working broadly at expected standards, below expected standards, above, you know, kind of well above, you know, that sort of broad language that schools often mm. use for teacher assessment. Yeah. OK, fine. Uh, um, then that, you know, the whole well, we just talked about the ranking system for GCSEs. And obviously that's really there for borderline children. Isn't it? So you're, you're trying to establish, you know, that you can't really yeah. have too many. Uh, we should establish that for, well, for those people who are going to have to move down. I mean, if you, you may not be that close to it, but for GCSEs and for A-levels, they've asked secondary schools to rank children, haven't they, Jamie? Do you want to talk through that, what they've done? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, uh, so um, schools are, teachers are getting together and they are deciding on uh, grades um, for for children, uh, for GCSE grades and A-level grades. So they're establishing those grades. They're using uh, a lot of information they have available. They're not supposed to be basing it on any work that has been going on uh, more recently during lockdown. It's supposed to be on on information they've had. Like So prior attainment obviously is an important one. For A-levels, you'd be looking at what they've got in GCSEs and AS levels and things like that and other exams. And and, um, and then and then you come up with a, with, with a grade. Um, and <laughs> And then... And then you uh, compile all that together. So all the teachers have got done that and they compile it all together and they look at it and go, blimey, that's a high percentage of we, children getting... Uh, we, that's like, wow, we, if we get this, we've knocked our previous grades. It's the whole issue with teacher assessment, up. unfortunately, isn't it? Exactly. This is yes, the yes. highest yes. set of results mm. we have ever had. So then they go back and they mm. review it and they review it again and they whittle yeah. it down and it yeah. eventually arrives something that looks... Uh, is co- probably comparable to previous years. It may be lower. It depends, you know, looking at the prior mm. attainment, but they have to sort of pin it back to that uh, and it has to be rash- rationalised. Mm. And that's the whole point, I think, of, of the, the, the ranking system. Yeah. It enables them, in the light of prior attainment, in the light of comparable outcomes, in the light of sort of expected predictive mm. grades, they think, well, OK, you're on the borderline. Mm. You're going to have to mm. go down. Yeah. So, that's so they've been doing all that. Been, and I say that's all going to get submitted the 1st of June through, all all up. <laughs> through uh, the beginning of June. But as you say, secondary schools are, are beginning to, well, are thinking and uh, are considering, and primaries are thinking as well, well, how do we... You know, should we do something similar between year six and year seven? I know various mats have uh, have looked into this as an option. A couple of standalone schools are looking yeah. at it as well. But, but, mm. 
One of the most uh, concerning things that I've heard of, and, and, and people have approached me with, with this on, on Twitter, when they say, what do you think about this? And they say, <laughs> no! Um, it's a predicted scale. Oh, yeah. Mm, mm. Yeah, so that's the mm. thing. Can you send the predicted scaled scores? Are you serious? Mm. Yeah. Are you are you mm. serious? Like um, for GCSE, mm. you are yes, you're you're establishing a, a centre assessed mm. grade, uh, and you've got a ranking system there, so you can adjust it mm. a bit. Um, and I know that secondary schools, in all sort, they they've started off with a broad grade that they may have then applied a uh, an additional kind of a plus or equals or minus mm. to. Um, so a low, middle, high. Uh, so yeah, um, but 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 a scaled score, mm-hmm. a predicted scaled score. You're, you're almost getting down to raw yeah, score, then, aren't you? We know it's not yeah. quite raw score. Say, Can you predict their raw mm-hmm. score, please? Yeah. What? No. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Okay. A uh, hundred. Well, it's just because you can go. doesn't mean you should. I mean, you could do it, but it's it's not really going to be. Um, yeah. It's the uh, it's the Jeff Goldblum yeah. thing from Jurassic Park. You were too uh, so preoccupied with whether or not you could. Well, you you didn't stop exactly. to think about. But I say, I think that, that year yeah. six, year seven thing is so, clearly going to be a bit of an issue because um, because secondary schools um, if they do want something from primary schools as much as I say in you know uh, previous years they've been less. Well, I think hmm. a broad teacher assessment is yeah, about as far as it can that way. go, and and how useful that is, I don't know. I mean, another thing that concerns me about this is that, in theory, without key stage two results this year, it means that in 2025 you won't be able mm. to have a progress eight measure. Mm. I am interested to know if that is the case or if they will... Or put something in something. place to measure these children at some point, exactly. Who knows? You know, they might put something in place. Yeah, yeah it's possible that there will be... Don't uh, so, I don't know. Mm. I mean, there's certainly been nothing yeah. said about this, yeah. but if there's any... But exactly. Uh, if you yeah. work back from the I mean, position don't know what. that there isn't going to... They're not going to have anything to make to construct a, a progress score, which they really like at the DfE, um, and the government like that. Yeah. So, so if they yeah. don't have that, what are they going to put in place? I don't know. Maybe they'll go back to the children yeah. to... I mean, it could be something... Or do they use key stage one? one? You know, go back and do a progress measure based on that. That would be funny to see. <laughs> okay. oh God, I, don't, don't, I don't want to give them ideas. No. Don't do that, do you think? Well, <laughs> yeah, don't, 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 do not do exactly. that. Do not do that. It yeah. just makes exactly. no sense whatsoever. So mm. I don't know. I don't know what will happen mm. uh, with data, but mm. I mean, potentially we're, we're looking at, we should be looking at no, no progress mm. eight in 2025, uh, yeah. no primary measures, uh, progress measures in 2024, because, uh, Children don't have key stage yeah. one results this year, um, so there's going to be there are going to be massive holes. And and key stage one is due to be scrapped yeah. in 2023. Uh, it remains to be seen if the I think we've talked about this before sure. whether the baseline gets off mm-hmm. the ground this year. Um, obviously, the combination of this it is there's a lot of opposition to it anyway, but uh, that that it's going to be possibly difficult to um, which may also explain why this, they're prioritising reception. Thing. And you want to get back into school so they can say, yeah, we, and we can run the baseline in September if they're all back in. Um, yeah. But we shall see. But hopefully, again, because yeah. we've been working on uh, data proof your school uh, book we've been working on. And so hopefully we by have. 2025, schools will have data proofs themselves and, and will be beyond worrying about some of these things because they'll actually be using the numbers in a, in a more effective way. And, and what we might see, mm. we, we may see as a consequence of this, uh, uh, an yeah. overhaul of the accountability mm. system. Um, I mean, exactly. We'll watch the space would, on that yeah, one because definitely don't um, be, uh, We'll see by the time we get to June, July, we'll have a little bit more of a sense of where things are. Um, but we shall have to see. 
Anyway, but it's safe. Yeah. I mean, with, with Key Stage 1, if key, with, with key Stage 1 not happening this year and due to be scrapped in 2023 and no progress measures this year and probably quite iffy progress measures next year, uh, you, you, uh, in primary schools, I'm, I'm particularly thinking about, uh, obviously, it, it, you do wonder, could you not just scrap mm-hmm. Key Stage 1 now? And just not have progress measures for the next couple of years. Yeah, exactly. And just yeah. see what happens, <laughs> and see if the yeah, world start. collapses, or we'll if everything to is Tom okay. If you lost all the data tomorrow, what would it change about what you know about your school? Yeah. Well, that's pretty much it for this month, everybody. So, Jamie, you keeping busy during all of this time? Because obviously, um, schools are somewhat shut to um, those of us who work with them, and but not actually teaching in them much of the time. Well, I've been writing, mate. Yeah, yeah, you've been busy on yeah, that yeah, one. Yeah, I've been writing. So, um, yeah, you should have something in your email today. So, uh, Absolutely, yeah, we've got some um, good stuff. I'm looking forward to sharing that with doing. people. That's going to be really good. A, a massive, great, chunky rant for you, which has been <laughs> enjoyable. That should give you something to uh, um, mull over over the weekend. Um, Excellent. So, other than that, yeah, just trying to uh, uh, keep on top of uh, things, which is impossible. Um, yeah. And there's not a great deal of data stuff going on. Uh, obviously, uh, looking at twitter in yeah. horror sometimes at the mm. uh, the grief that uh, teachers are getting um and that's that's a real concern yeah i hope that calms down but uh, yeah it does look like teachers are getting a bit of a a bashing for uh, um mm. their their concerns about um getting children back into schools which is grotesquely unfair really so yeah. Yes, exactly. You know, it, it's, it's not an easy situation for anybody. And particularly when, when we're all very aware of the fact that uh, this is serious stuff, you know, people are, are losing their lives. Yeah, there um, was, there was some data. It's a bit cavalier, you know, with the whole kind of, you know, like teachers should be heroes. And you think, well, yeah, heroes. exactly. They just want to be teachers. Yeah, they want to be teachers. They want to help teachers. children. They to want to teach yeah. children. They desperately want to hmm. get back to work. It's really hard teaching from home. It's, it's a lot yeah. easier teaching in the classroom. But it's not easy teaching the classroom when you have to well, just look at the guidance. We've just been talking about it. I mean, the amount of things that t- school is going to have to do in order mm. to reopen and they can't. Well, they are open, um, yeah. but in order to cater for well, you can't cater for all children. It's just impossible yeah. with all the, the guidelines, that social distancing. Um, yeah. I mean, there was some data that's been going around on, on Twitter about um, uh, from National Office Statistics, uh, mm. uh, um, Office of National Statistics. Uh, about uh, infection rates and yeah. it, for, for age groups um, and mm. one of the age groups was not uh, to 18 and the other was 70 plus and there's two age groups in between uh, mm. and it's basically saying there is no evidence to suggest that there is uh, you know a lesser infection rate a lower infection rate for for younger mm. children um, mm. it is about the same um, mm. and we know that they can not only catch it they can get ill they're less likely mm. to get ill or develop such serious symptoms but they can catch it and they can transmit it and it's really worrying that there are people out there saying oh no no, no that can't um they're just spreading misinformation um mm. to, to for, for their own sort of purposes um and that's yeah. concerning and, and and we don't want to see a situation where and i feel like this is happening in, in a way that mm. that teachers are, are, are and, and and children to, to some extent are fodder yeah exactly i think going back to the whole um, the old hill street blues everybody stay safe out there 
So, Databusters podcast, we aim to publish monthly during the academic year, pandemics um, uh, aside, obviously, (laughs) Um, and um, the podcast is available most good, all good podcast outlets. If you like what we're doing, then please recommend us to others. If you've got any questions, feel free to send in a voice recording, or you can contact us on Twitter, either I'm at Databusting or at Jay Pembroke. Until next time, stay alert, control the virus, and save lives, and keep data busting.